You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. All right, welcome back to the Full Steam Ahead podcast, a podcast about Purdue. Today's episode, I have the honor and privilege of talking to Purdue President Mitch Daniels. Daniels became the 12th president of Purdue back in January of 2013, following his second term as governor of the great state of Indiana. President Daniels, thank you so much for uh, your time and joining the uh, Full Steam Ahead podcast today. I want to start off kind of talking about one of the actual more recent events, which was uh, commencement. What does commencement mean to you? It's a beginning, not an end. I mean, it feels uh, it is in a way the end of a chapter, of course, but the the word itself, uh, I think, says it all. Namely, uh, this is the beginning of adult life in the case of uh, uh, college commencements. And and we believe at a university like ours, the commencement of, of great futures for the vast majority of our graduates who uh, we think Purdue prepares really very well for life. And, um, and uh, so we always uh, send them off with great expectations. In your speech at uh, commencement weekend, you used this term snowflake when describing the antonym of a Boilermaker. Explain what you meant by that. I was talking about what is now a mountain of evidence, lots of books and scholarly studies uh, chronicling uh, a, a rise in uh, in uh, reported anxiety or uh, stress, the uh, difficulty among a lot of young people in dealing with, you know, not severe um, uh, either emotional, mental illness, which is a very real problem. We can't do um, ever do enough about, but um, but just uh, everyday uh, setbacks, uh, difficulties, and adversities. You know that. Uh, widely reported uh, stories of students uh, um, uh, claiming to be uh, traumatized by chalk on a sidewalk, words on a piece of cardboard, just spoken words. And um, so uh, I was simply pointing out to our graduates that they have proven they have a degree of resilience, Purdue's a tough school to get through, uh, and uh, there's a lot of rigor here. And so I, I have every confidence that they'll go into the world ready to deal with uh, setbacks and, and difficulties. And I told them that we expect them to be leaders, that, that uh, and by definition, leaders will face criticism, will face uh, uh, difficulties of all kinds, and uh, it's in taking those on and surmounting them that human progress occurs. And so that was the message of the speech. Try to be very encouraging to them to take the um, resilience that I hope they built while they were here uh, out into the uh, into adult life and do great things with it. Awesome. The other thing you highlight in your speech, you call it the year of Tyler Trent. Why was that important to include in your in your speech? Well, everyone remembers who Tyler was, and uh, and he, uh, of course, was one of the biggest stories—not Purdue stories, but national stories of the year. Uh, his, his courageous uh, struggle, um, and uh, so he was one of of, of several um, uh, Purdue uh, grads or Purdue students that that I uh, mentioned uh, for this uh, very quality of courage. Fortitude and you know, tackling uh, life's inevitable challenges head on, and you know his was an, ex- an extreme one, the ultimate challenge. And the way he handled it, 
um, ought to serve as an inspiration, I hope, uh, throughout these young people's lives. He was, again, I didn't single him out. I gave him a couple other uh, examples, different examples. But um, it seemed to me appropriate to, to mention him, especially in the context I chose for the speech. Sure. What, what will his lasting impact or legacy be at Purdue? Uh, he uh, helped raise, and, we, and his, his memory will help raise money for cancer research at which we excel. We have one of the National Cancer Institute centers here at Purdue. Some people don't know. Uh, the most important medical research, some of it in the country, goes on in cancer goes on here. And so that's certainly one way. And again, I hope his memory, which we're going to commemorate with a um, uh, plaque and a gate at the, at the place where he was first discovered as the super fan that he was mm-hmm. by our football coach. Um, I hope that uh, the story as it's told on that plaque will motivate and um, inspire uh, Boilermakers uh, and, and our fans uh, for uh, decades. Awesome. Hey, going back to last fall, you had a, a record number of freshman enrollment last year. Do you, do you see that number continuing to climb? The total number of students is a record here, and it will climb. This year's class, very much on purpose, is slightly smaller than last year's, but it's the second biggest in Purdue history. Last year, we had an astonishing uh, yes uh, rate, so so to say, that is acceptance rate, by the students we admitted, and we were surprised uh, by, uh, in a a positive way, by the large number that came. But we're... we're, uh, it is our hope to continue growing, uh, but to do it in a thoughtful way and take it year by year. But we will have more undergraduates on campus this fall than ever before, and an entering class uh, that is uh, just slightly smaller than last year's at between 8,000 and 8,100. Would you ever see putting a cap on that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's uh, uh, there's there's a lot of... Um, uh, uncertainty about the future. We're not having very many kids in this country anymore. The, you just saw this uh, really, to me, alarming uh, drop in fertility rates. Uh, that's a problem for the, uh, for any society. It's a problem for this country long term. But uh, already, the uh, uh, there's a flat number of, of uh, at least the traditional age students, 18, 19-year-olds, uh, and uh, and in our part of the country, now, we produce a global university, and half our students come from somewhere else, but um, a high percentage still from Indiana and the Midwest. And um, there are uh, um, the, the numbers of students who are uh, potential uh, um, attendees at a place like ours has gone flat. So we'll take it very carefully. All I can tell you is for the moment, um, uh, Purdue, you could think of it as our market share is really growing in the sense that while college enrollments dropped almost 2% this year, that's the seventh year in a row that they've gone down. In each of those years, we've gone gotten bigger. And I, I think what it means is if you offer a high-quality education, we always talk about higher education at the highest proven value, uh, that uh, – you can keep serving more students, and it's our hope to do that. But we we do see the um, all the reasons for caution. And going forward, without the 
I believe the eighth straight year of the tuition freeze has not gone up since you have become president. Why is that important to do? We thought it was a right thing to do. It has turned into, I believe, a wise thing to do. It's clearly associated with the phenomenon we just talked about, our applications and enrollment going up while in many places they're going down. Um, people um, have come to, parents and students have come to to believe that if you come to Purdue, that you'll get a high quality education for the money you spend and that you're less likely than elsewhere to get um, uh, the rude surprise of an annual, big annual uh, jump in tuition. So uh, we're doing it because we want this place as much as possible to be within the financial reach of young people of all income levels. But I have to say that it's it seems to have uh, helped us uh, to attract not only more, but uh, even but a higher quality of student every single year. And um, uh, that's uh, uh, that's what we're here to do. Celebrating 150 years, going on 151 this upcoming year, this year. Talk about the Giant Leap celebration so far. It's been uh, even more than I'd hoped it'd be. We decided, uh, probably took me too long to figure out how best to celebrate 150 years, but we finally realized this is a place of intellectual ferment and of, um, of great uh, 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 steps forward. Neil Armstrong talked about a giant leap. Uh, to us, it means two things. First of all, the leaps in knowledge that Purdue's been part of. We've had Nobel Prize winners and, and great uh, uh, scientists and scholars and thinkers of all kinds throughout our history. But also, individuals come here and then make giant leaps. You know, this has never been a school where, the, where uh, uh, dominated by wealthy uh, uh, students or um, uh, people from uh, uh, very, ha- very fortunate, ba- privileged backgrounds. Uh, there's a long, long history here at Purdue of people who came from the small towns, from the farms, from the inner cities, and left and went on and became fantastic successes. I get to meet them all the time. It's the biggest joy, really, at my job. I run into people all over the world, literally, who want to tell you that, that you know, for me, it all started at Purdue, or I owe it to Purdue, or, um, yeah, you know, thank goodness for Purdue. And so uh, that's what Giant Leaps has been about. And we've had just an unending string of fantastic speakers and programs and debates. And uh, that's that's the kind of place we've been for 150 years and want to be. Does that celebration continue into this upcoming summer and school year? Yeah, we set it up from homecoming to homecoming. So uh, at the uh, uh, land this fall, we'll have one of our uh, occasional astronaut reunions and some really uh, spectacular uh, people uh, uh, here at that time uh, to help us close it out. And especially with this summer, with the uh, 50th anniversary of the moon landing, is that going to make it even more significant? Yeah, it's too bad that happens outside the school calendar because uh, this this uh, this really is where uh, uh, that that uh, should be celebrated. We'll have a big celebration here, but uh, unfortunately, most of our students won't be here in person to share it. Uh, your thoughts on the Purdue Master Plan and what is that for our listeners? Oh, it's a uh, simply an attempt to imagine what higher ed tomorrow will be like. What it'll uh, what therefore what a campus ought to look like. And um, uh, it's not necessarily a blueprint. A lot of the ideas on it will probably never be um, built, but uh, it, it, it is a, 
an attempt to look into the future and and first of all ask the question will people still be moving somewhere for four years or more to go to school but uh, we've we believe that if you offer the right kind of of education the right kind of experiences it'll still make sense to do that and the master plan is just to try to think about what the physical environment for a great future place of learning might look like and some of those things I, I assume include campus growth and development we see a lot of uh, press releases about the discovery park district up there what is for our listeners explain what that is and what they do discovery park uh, uh, has it has been a place on campus now for almost two decades where the leading edge interdisciplinary research, that is research that pulls together uh, multiple um, uh, disciplines, scientific or otherwise. So uh, nanotechnology and biotechnology and, um, and, uh, and uh, again, some of the most advanced um, scientific projects we have now. Today, Discovery Park Innovation District, built around that set of, of uh, academic and, and research facilities, uh, we intend to be a place where the most brilliant people in the world will want to come and live. They can walk or bike to work. Uh, they'll be within uh, equally easy reach of, of uh, shopping, of cultural amenities, of quality of life features, parks, and so forth. Um, we're in a competition to attract the best minds in the world, whether they're faculty members or uh, uh, graduate students or undergraduate students, and um, trying to have a, a place that is as uh, striking and and uh, and appealing to them as, as we can is, is a part, uh, we think, of a successful future and very much a part of that master plan you ask about. Uh, another project that's underway right now is the uh, Purdue Memorial Union Hotel. Uh, how's that project coming along, and what's the timeline on that? Well, it's just started. It'll take over a year, um, but uh, it's a fantastic old building, but uh, underline the old. And, right. uh, it really needed a facelift uh, inside and out, and uh, it'll we'll preserve the uh, uh, all the, the beautiful architectural features of it, but the... Uh, um, the, the donor who is making this possible is, is a hotel expert, and I think we'll have a great, great uh, facility when it's done. Hey, I wanted to also talk about another project that's kind of maybe a little more close to home to you. It's uh, just brought up, I think, this past spring here, the Tiny Home Projects. Uh, what's that, and uh, maybe you can kind of go into why that's kind of a personal project for you, or at least someone close to you. An offering, it's related really to the union, the fact we won't have one this fall. Our, the people who organize our big events, such as Homecoming, um, wanted to have more options for uh, alums who want to come back and would rather not have to stay in a, in a motel down in, you know, Lebanon or somewhere. And um, so as, as is happening at lots, of sporting, at lots of sporting events, like the 500 just had one, these uh, tiny homes, portable um uh, uh, very, very small uh, residences, literally. Um, the idea is that you put a little village of, say, 15 or 20 of them in a place, and somebody can live and then come and stay for several days and live in the middle of the venue that you're there to visit. And um, they, they sell out every, time, every place they uh, do this. 
I guess the reason you're asking me is because the uh, young woman who started the company is related to me. She's my youngest daughter. And, um, you know, that was an interesting thing because people always get this backwards. They, they think if you know somebody or you're related to somebody with a job like mine, it makes it easier to do business. It makes it much, much harder because uh, none of us wants to answer, uh, you know, raise anybody's suspicions or answer any um, insulting questions about putting in the, you know, a special preference. So um, this thing's happening here a year later than it would have because I threw out the, I threw them out when they first brought the idea in. Then I told them they had to go out and find somebody else to do it. They tried Airbnb in a lot of places. Um, after a full RFP process, um, there was only one bidder. So we're letting it happen. But uh, I hope it works out well. And uh, my understanding is they've already sold them out or um, booked them up. Um, and we're six months away. And that, I mean, they seem to be such a hit. How, how proud of your daughter are you for bringing that to the university and providing this opportunity for people to stay? I think they will be a hit at the football games. Well, I'm sure. incredibly proud of her. I, I, to be very honest, I, I really wish somebody else had provided <laughs> provided it here just uh, uh, for that for the reason I just mentioned. But, um, you know, uh, we, we really do need options, especially with the uh, union and its 192 rooms not available. And, uh, and so our folks had a good idea in and wanted to put one of these villages here, and I think it'll it'll be fun. Um, but um, uh, you know, it, it won't be enough. There only there only going to be so many of them. Sure. Will we see President Daniel staying in one of those on a football weekend? <laughs> yeah, probably not. No, I don't understand the appeal. Tell you the truth, but um, um, you know that uh, obviously it's a more as a different generation. Another uh, recent uh, announcement was the Saab partnership with the fighter jet. Talk about what that is and how important that was to have closer Purdue. Saab and Boeing uh, won the uh, contract to build the next trainer. It's not an actual fighter jet. It's, okay. it's a plane that future fighter pilots will, will learn on. And um, they're going to build the fuselages uh, here. This is very much a part of the Discovery Park District I talked about. Okay. Uh, we need to have... In order to fuel and to sort of propel that concept, we need uh, new, uh, good-paying jobs, people who will uh, buy the homes, frequent the stores, rent the apartments, um, really make this innovation district come to life. And um, uh, so that was a very big step forward when they, uh, when they chose uh, Purdue. And the, the important thing there was they could build these fuselages a lot of places, but there's only one place where they can do that and have direct contact with um, with the uh, great aer- aero, uh, aeronautics researchers we have here, um, other scientists, and uh, be able to have a, a chance to recruit our students. So uh, all that went into their choice, and again, it's a very important step forward for us. I want to shift gears over to athletics now, kind of do an athletics year in review. Again, across the board, we have so many of our uh, athletics up there that are doing so well. I want to kind of highlight a couple. We, uh, uh, the football, this past football season is very memorable, obviously large and, largely in part to, to Tyler Trent. W- what do you remember from this past season? Well, the high State game, <laughs> and uh, you know, quite apart from Tyler, was the uh, football game of the year nationally. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a stunning upset. 
it wasn't just an upset. It was a rout. Um, and it was uh, um, a game that changed the national championship picture because they're in the they're in the uh, uh, final four if not for that game. So uh, clearly that was um, the uh, the biggest moment. But just a steady progression of, of the team um, in every game and uh, they didn't win and um, um, high quality. I have to tell you that that team uh, just set um, an all-time record for the best grade point average by a Purdue football team. Um, our athletes have always done as well or better than the student body as a whole and we're always bragging on that but uh, um, while that happened again this year the, this, the football team more than held up its end and um, so we're we're really proud of what Jeff Brom has, has brought there and very excited about the next few years. And speaking of Jeff Brom, how was it important to bring the coach back for this year and retain him, not letting him go to another school down south? Well, you can see the lengths we went to, so you know how important it was. I mean, and by lengths, I mean financial lengths. Um, no, I mean, it. Uh, uh, he was off to such a great start. Um, some tremendous young men had committed to come here because of him, and just uh, we didn't want to see that interrupted. And uh, so... Uh, uh, thank goodness he made the decision he did. Um, we're just so proud of what he's done and excited about what we know he will do. Volleyball had another good year, again, along with some other sports. And then we move into basketball season, and their historic, historic run to the Elite Eight. How how fun was that for you to watch that team make that run? Well, it was fabulous uh, until it wasn't. <laughs> you know, and then, no, of course, I'm just, you, you can't. They, they they overachieved, I think, compared to what most people thought uh, they do, and uh, and they uh, they just made us all incredibly proud. They played probably back to back the two most exciting games mm-hmm. of the entire college basketball season against Tennessee and uh, then Virginia. Um, all the only thing is, just an absolute one in a thousand fluke kept them out of the Final Four, sure. and. Uh, uh, you know, I'll never get over that, but uh, uh, but uh, doesn't doesn't take away a thing from the spectacular uh, accomplishment that they that they rang up. And you kind of talked about. It. Have you ever seen a better back to back performance than what Carson Edwards did in those games? Uh, well, maybe not. But uh, uh, you know, we're not in. We're probably not in the Virginia game, for instance, without Ryan Klein. Sure. he's the one who made six straight threes. And, um, you know, it was a, the whole thing was a real team effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so, uh, you know, I'll just always remember this team, the, the three seniors, Grady Eifert, who wasn't no one who uh, basically walks on, uh, probably never expected to start, winds up being an indispensable player. Um, so, uh, you know, they were... Uh, they were a, a terrific, terrific credit to this university, and uh, I'm sure if you were talking to Carson Edwards right now, he'd start talking about the rest, rest of his uh, teammates. Definitely, yeah, definitely a team effort and a team that played with such class too. Won with class and lost with class. Yep. President Daniel. I like the <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and we'll, hopefully, one of these years we'll we'll see that final four. Maybe next year they'll overachieve again, right? 
Well, we do we do have a young team, and a lot of these, you know, I, I, I'm real excited about the next couple, three years, and, and great recruits on the way. So Matt Painter is simply, you know, he, he, he was national coach of the year, and he deserves to be. Sure. And, and um, uh, he, he's not only a great coach, but he, he leads with such character. He, uh, I, he, you know, I, I've said, I, I said at their banquet, um, one thing about my my job, I have never ever had to apologize for a Purdue athlete, and I hope I don't have to. Um, but you know, that's that starts with coaching. Coaching, and there's not a there's not a higher character coach, and I'm convinced in in the country than Matt Painter. Agreed, agreed, one hundred percent on that. Hey, President Daniels, I thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else that you'd want to talk about that I di- that I didn't ask that you feel is important? about the university. I think we covered the waterfront pretty well, Adam. Thanks for a lot of great <laughs> questions and your interest in Purdue. And, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll just keep working up here to make available, the, as I say, the best value in, in higher education for the students who are willing to work hard enough to come take advantage of it. Sounds great. Thank you so much, President. I appreciate okay, your time. Adam. Hey, take care of yourself. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. President Daniels, a class act and an amazing leader for the university. I just want to thank him again for taking his time to talk to me for the podcast. A reminder, you can listen to the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. Until next time, this is Adam Bartels for the Full Steam Ahead podcast. (laughs) 